Okay, I get excited anytime I have to record a an off-the-record uh, episode like this because it literally means that there is something really interesting happening in my life, right? So one of the key questions that I've been getting on a day-to-day basis has been, so how is the transition like in Portugal? How are you liking it? It's been a few weeks now. What does that look like? So I figured, you know what? Let's talk about that today. So this is literally what it looks like to work through, live through a multidimensional transition, like literally. So uh, when you think about an international move, like what we did back in May, my gosh, it's already been two months that we've been here. Um, there's so many things that you have to, uh, to, you know, to track on keeping up with and, and, and transitioning and all of that. So part of it is paperwork. Uh, part of it is all of the financial and dealing with multiple currencies and what that looks like. Um, time zone is a thing. Learning the language is another thing, right? Um, and then people always come back and are like, are you like, do you still feel like it was the best decision? So that's what we're talking about today. So when it, so we landed here on May 17th, no, on May 18th, right? So I, I got here, I got to Lisbon with my kids uh, on May 18th. My husband had been here for two days at that point. And we literally started the whole, everything related to paperwork for our um, immigration here on that day. So my husband being French, it was very easy to just like, literally the only thing that we had to do prior to coming here for that was to, uh, bring our passports and for my husband to be here and literally going to, um, to the local office here in the neighborhood and letting them know that he's staying. And once that was done within 48 hours, pretty much he had his residency for Portugal. And then it was, it kicked everything off from myself and the children. Right. So we've been, uh, pretty much taking care of all of that. We still have one appointment to finalize everything, but, compared to what other people might have to go through in order to do to make a move like what we did our process is really really easy the one piece that was a nightmare was getting an appointment so that appointment that i mentioned that we got um, and it's happening in a month getting that final appointment with the immigration services is the biggest pain in the butt <laughs> Out of everything else, right? And the reason behind that is that you cannot book an appointment online. You literally have to pick up the phone and call every day and ask if they have an appointment or if they have a cancellation. Like there's no other process right now. And so imagine waking up in the morning and starting to make these calls. There were days where I was making these calls like 40, 50, 100 times and only finally managing to speak to somebody and realizing that they don't speak English. So I had to start the whole process over. Right. So after a couple of weeks of that, I, I told my husband, I am not doing this. There has to be a better way. And, you know, by luck, I was talking to somebody on one of the Facebook groups. I use a lot of really, really good Facebook groups to make this whole process feasible. Like if ever you guys are thinking about making a move like this, definitely reach out to people who have done it. There's so many different Facebook groups, depending on the country you're moving into and where they are 
discussing the whole process on a day-to-day basis, helping each other and so on. And so in one of the, those groups, I, um, I was asking a question about just, you know, booking an appointment and this lady reached out and she was like, let me send you a, 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 a DM on Facebook. I was like, yeah, sure. I wonder what she's, she's all about. And she told me how she had hired somebody to make those calls on a day-to-day basis and to get her an appointment. And of course, Kyrie, being Kyrie, I, was, I told her, I need the phone number. I need to know who this person is, and I am hiring her today. And so that's what I did. So she connected me with that lady. The lady was amazing. She uh, took our cases, myself, our two kids, and she literally, within two weeks, she had an appointment for all three of us, uh, exactly where I wanted it, the time, all of it was perfect. And it was so much easier than me trying to, you know, call every single day and wish that somebody would pick up that actually spoke English or French. So that's what we did for the paperwork. It's really realizing that not everywhere functions the same way and not every country has the same way of doing things. You have to be willing to work with the system and to find ways there's always a solution. And so for me, the solution to calling 50,000 times a day was to hire somebody to call 50,000 times a day. And that worked, right? Uh, Compared to the time I would have spent, it was literally peanuts. And the really amazing thing was that with that lady, she told me right off the bat, she was like, don't pay me until I book the appointments for you. So there was zero risk. And within two weeks, I had all of the appointment confirmations. She called me, gave me the details, and I sent her payment. And that was amazing. All right. So, uh, On the paperwork front, things are going really well, so I'm really happy about that. I believe within the next 8 to 12 weeks or so, all of that will have been sorted out, and that will feel amazing because... um, until the resident, my residency is secured, for example, I cannot do things like open a bank account and so on. So I am still functioning with my Canadian bank accounts. I am still using, I'm using a service called Wise. If you've ever had VAs in the Philippines, I started using Wise when it was TransferWise back in what, 2015, something like that. Um, and so Wise has been amazing. Um, this is not sponsored, by the way. It's literally my experience on a day-to-day basis, but because I'm still working with three different currencies, US dollars, uh, Canadian dollars, and euros. Um, That's been the game changer and life changer in terms of just handling everything financial here. Like it's super fast. I make um, debits and, and, and transfers in a matter of seconds. And that's been how I've been functioning, but I'm definitely looking forward to having, um, a local bank account and everything that comes with that. All right. So that is on the paperwork and bureaucracy side of things. Another thing has definitely be time zones, right? Because most of my clients, I would say 90% of my clients are in the United States or Canada. And so they are, are, they all are between five and eight Uh, hours behind me in terms of time zone. So that means that I definitely have to uh, be a little bit more flexible, I guess, with my schedule. I tend to get all of my client calls and team meetings and all of that done between, let me see, between 1 p.m. my time here, which is actually uh, 8 a.m. in on Eastern time zone. So between uh, 1 p.m. here and 6 or 7 is my afternoon 
morning time in the U.S. and uh, in Canada, that is when I do most of my outside call, calls to the market, like consultation strategy sessions and so on, and calls with clients as well. Team meetings, I'm a little bit more flexible. So when we need to have a, a, a later meeting, meaning in the afternoon over there and my evening here, sometimes I will just take it off camera. Um, and I honestly don't have a lot of those and it does not I find that it does not interfere with my family time. I'm still able to spend all of my mornings with the kids, zero stress. And then I'm having dinner with them every single day. I'm there to take care of their lunch. It's like, it's been very easy taking care of the kids while managing clients on completely different time zones. Honestly, it's been as easy as I, as, as I expected it. So when it comes to time zone, honestly, no big issue. Um, I would say that Pacific time is definitely harder to deal with when you are in Europe and have clients that are eight to 10 hours behind you. That is definitely, um, you know, the hardest part, but thank God, thank goodness. I don't have too many of those. So it's, it's still very feasible. So that's it for time zone. Honestly, I haven't found as many issues. Um, I like, I am, I, I like my current schedule. I'm still working on having everything aligned so that I literally have all my meetings only in the afternoons. And I find that that works for me for somebody else might be different, but for me, this is exactly how I would prefer it. So I'm good with that. Right. Another piece of this transition, of course, is learning Portuguese. Now, as I said in the previous of the record, when we landed here, I do not, I could not speak Portuguese to save my life just two months ago. And honestly, I still don't speak it very well, but I find that I am not using Google Translate anymore when I'm talking to people. I can understand what they're saying. Even if it's harder for me to respond, I know what they're asking me. Um, I would say probably 80% of the time, right? So it is definitely becoming easier. I'm able to hold a very basic conversation when I'm at the gas station or in, I'm in the store. Like I know how to um, to give them what they ask of me, but I don't know how to ask them questions yet and to ask for what I want yet in Portuguese. So that is the next step. But I'm really excited that in um, in August I actually enrolled in this two week very intensive Portuguese class. That's every single morning from like nine to one, four hours every morning for two weeks, right? So this is intensive, intensive, but I'm really excited about that. I tend to pick up languages very quickly. So I do feel like by the end of those two weeks, I will be in a completely different zone when it comes to speaking Portuguese. And then it'll be much easier for me to take on a tutor or something to just, you know, get moving much faster. But um, that is the plan. And the funny thing is with my children, so my kids um, also don't speak Portuguese, right? They heard Portuguese for the first time when they got here. And these children, man, they are just, they have no limitations. So my kids have made some friends in our complex. So I'm renting this flat just for the summer uh, before our house is ready in September. And they have made these awesome friends that they spend five to 10 hours with every single day. Like literally every morning, the kids show up here, they come and pick up my kids and they're, they're in the pool, they're playing video games, they're doing all of that. And those kids don't speak a lick of, of English and my kids don't speak a lick of Portuguese. And they're still having so much fun. 
using Google Translate on their phones and just, you know, sign language, like they're just figuring it out. And I find that so fascinating. And it's definitely making it making me want to just speak to people, even if I don't understand and they don't understand me. I'm just like, heck, if these children have no, you know, they don't even care about how they're being perceived because they don't speak the language and they're just going out there and having fun. So it make, it definitely uh, motivates me to do the same. So we're all picking up Portuguese pretty nicely. I will be getting the kids into uh, classes so that they actually have a tutor and they, they learn the language and they learn to actually speak it uh, very fluently. But I'm really amazed at how easily and quickly kids transition and how easily and quickly they make friends, even if they don't speak the same language. These kids spend hours every single day together not speaking the language at all. Like it is, it is fascinating. It's amazing. So that's what it's been like on the learning the language side. It's been going really well. Um, you know, people are very patient. I find here, even if you don't speak the language, they will try or they will take out their phone and you take out your phone and you try to communicate. I find that I've had zero issues even in, because I am not in Lisbon, right? It was our choice not to live in the capital. We wanted, you know, cheaper prices. We wanted more calm. We wanted more space and we wanted right on the ocean uh, with a lot of nature. So that's what we have. But that also means not everyone speaks English around here. And that's also how we wanted it, right? We wanted to immerse ourselves in the culture. So that's how it's been going on the learning Portuguese side. So very soon I'll start recording some podcast episodes in Portuguese just for the fun of it. Kidding, of course, but I can't wait to get to that point. And I do feel like it'll come much sooner than I think, right? So now in terms of next steps, like for us, I think that the only piece right now we are getting acquainted, like we definitely feel like locals much more now. And um, the next piece, I think for me is getting to know more of the digital nomad community the business, you know, the entrepreneurial community here, because there is actually quite a few uh, who are English speaking or who recently migrated to Portugal in the past, uh, in the past few years, etc. that I know that there is a huge potential to just connect with really amazing people who are doing great work. So that is definitely the thing that I want to focus on um, in the fall uh, as soon as, you know, I have everything else sorted out. But that is the next big piece for me. It's like getting to know these people, um, traveling around Europe, meeting with clients, meeting with other entrepreneurs in Europe. Like that is the next fun, fun, fun adventure that I'm looking forward to. So if you ask me, do I still believe that it was a good decision to uproot these children <laughs> and everything that they knew and move them to Portugal without ever stepping foot in the country beforehand. 100%. I absolutely love it. It is the lifestyle that we've been able to have since we moved here. It is just so much better. It's, it feels so much more expensive and, and, and we have so much more mental bandwidth. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's like moving to where you actually want it to be and being so close to the beach, being so close to mountains, being so close to nature and having less of just the stress that we had in Montreal. It is 
so much better in all aspects. Even being back to driving manual cars. I'm a beast in a manual car now, guys. Like it is, even that has been really, really fun, especially because I really enjoy driving here. It is beautiful. The highways are amazing, right? All of that. So it is still a really, 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 really good decision. We believe that we made. Um, the mere fact that my kids literally every day tell me, mom, I'm so happy that we now live on this side of the world. That just, that is everything, right? The kids are so happy. They love it so much here. So yes, to answer that question, it is still the best decision we have made. I wish we had made it sooner, but everything come in, in, in due time. And um, this was just the best move for us. So we're looking forward to next steps. I will definitely record another off the record episode once a lot of our um, things that are still pending are taken care of, uh, probably towards the end of the summer, beginning of fall. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I will talk to you very soon. Have an amazing rest of your week.